Thank you. I am getting up with the new generation. I've got this on my iPad, but forgot the first service to turn my phone off. And I know a lot of you came after the last couple times to listen to Steve, and some of you I heard were caught last week without Kleenexes, and so I saw you brought a bunch of Kleenexes, uh, but now I think rather than peanut, uh, those, you're going to need peanuts to throw at the people. Remember the melodrama? You'd throw at the guy that's speaking. So uh, it's an interesting topic. When we finished the book of Esther and Steve concluded, there was a lot of different terminology that was used in the allegory, the... Uh, examples of uh, the flesh, uh, the old man, the old nature, the spirit, your spirit, and they can get confusing sometimes, and it's really, really important that you understand what uh, each of these mean. The Bible says to make good distinctions between them because it's very important when we address an issue in our life or something that we want to see taken care of. Maybe it's a behavior or maybe there's thoughts or things that we want to see changed. If we go to the wrong uh, source, we don't get any benefit. And uh, I remember one time, oh, I don't know how long ago when Dr. Strand and I were working together and he was finding people that physically, trying to deal physically with some issues was not making any difference. And he would send them over to me, and maybe that was an issue with anger and forgiveness, and they would deal with it and be okay. And I was finding people that I was dealing with anger and forgiveness, and that wasn't getting better, so I'd send them back over to him, and they would deal with something that was in the medical field, and they would get better. So you, you address what the issue is, and if we can look at uh, some of the things of what we do and how we address these, and uh, one of them that was talked about quite often in here was your flesh. And uh, I just want to help you have a good understanding that, uh, of what the flesh is. Today we're going to talk about knowing your flesh. And uh, by the time we're done, you are going to have enough tools to know your flesh patterns. Everybody has them. We are born, in my, in my mind, I believe that it says in Isaiah, they're, they're born into us. Uh, in sin was... I conceived in my mother, and some of those are just flesh patterns. Good news is we can overcome the flesh patterns. Bad news, you're not getting rid of them. They're going to be there till the day you die, as you will hear some of mine here today. And, uh, and I hope to be able to show you some of these too. And so what we're going to look at is that we do have uh, the old man, the old nature, that, that the state that you and I were in, that part of you and I that after the fall of man that we were born in, and inside us there was a nature prone to sin, a nature prone to act independent of God. It could do nothing but go in that direction of sin. And when we came to faith, and those of you that have come to faith in Jesus Christ, that nature, that old man was crucified, put to death, and hung on the cross. It was done away with, as Romans 6 says. And if you're like me, you're saying, mine doesn't feel like it's gone. But it's the flesh that we're going to be dealing with and knowing your flesh patterns. It isn't prone in you. And, and if you are born uh, into a new, with a new spirit in the life of God, born in you, in your gut, in your heart, in your soul, there's a longing to do right. You, d you don't like it when you don't do right. 
there's something that is disturbing, that's the real you. That's the heart that's in you that God's wanting to let you let go so that it can manifest his presence in you. But there is a war going on in us, and that's with the spirit and the flesh. And so we're going to look at the flesh, define the flesh, know what it is, hopefully help you know what yours is, and what do you do about it. So if you will kind of take a ride with me through a story, we're going to take the life of Peter. And, and I want to set the screen or set the stage here for Peter. Sometimes you hear a lot of negative things about Peter, and you hear a lot of junk because Peter was pretty much out in everybody's face. And so it's kind of like this, the proverb that says, when a man keeps his mouth shut, he's usually deemed intelligent. But there are many of us that don't keep our mouth shut, and you can imagine what we're deemed. Okay? And Peter was one of these. But in my day, this man Peter, I would have called him a stud. This guy was something. And just to give you a picture of his, his life and his story, uh, he, he's a fisherman, he's, he's probably pretty darn muscular, pretty brawly, and he's going along, and Jesus comes and says, cast over your nets, get rid of them, and come and follow me, and he cuts bait. He surrenders a life completely in a direction he was going to follow Christ. He leaves family. He leaves his job. He leaves his reputation to something that he doesn't understand. His wasn't a deal of not being surrendered. This man was willing to go anywhere and everywhere that Jesus was. And the more he was with him, the more he was convinced that he is the Messiah. His, ident- his image of the Messiah was different and not accurate because he felt that the Messiah was going to somehow raise up a kingdom on his world. But he was ready to go where he went. And when Jesus would ask him questions and stuff, and one of the times he said that I'm going to go into Jerusalem and I will be uh, killed and I will be uh, put into death and I'll be raised up, and he says, you're not going to Jerusalem, not on my watch. You're not getting killed on my watch. And then you remember the thing, get ye behind me, Satan. And he wasn't talking to Peter, he was talking to Satan. But he was being influenced. So I want you to get a little bit of a picture. These guys come to him. They are going to... They're going to go ahead and kill him, uh, he thinks. And he, these soldiers, these are mighty soldiers. These are not just kind of see people said, hey, everybody grab a rock or a stone and come out. They were trained killers. They're coming. Peter draws his sword and starts whacking. I think he either thought that maybe the Messiah was going to take place right there and start ruling the kingdom, or I think he said, I die. But I'll die going down protecting this this man messiah friend of mine and i'm going to die right now and jesus said peter put the sword away put the sword away he was not a wimp he wanted to do right his words were unbelievable uh that he basically went on to say is that i'm 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 going to be yours forever you're, they're not going to die you're not going to die on my watch i'll go where you go and i'll be who you be and you guys remember some of the story You remember some of the story? Until he says, Peter, and I'm sure behind the scenes was, I know you're willing. I know you're wanting. It's not a matter of attitude. It's not a matter of desire. But you will deny me tonight. Three times. 
I am not dying. I'm not going to deny you. As a matter of fact, I will kill for you. I'll die for you. You see, he intended that. Do you guys, can you relate to your, let's say some of your flesh things, when you have something that you've fallen again at, and you, you're down on your knees, and you say, God, again, I failed you. And you'll get up and you say, never am I going to do this again. It's not happening anymore. I'm done with this. It is over. I am going to do this. Have you had that desire? It's not a matter of you not wanting to sin. It's not a matter of you not wanting to walk after the flesh. You were wanting it with all your heart. So did he. Get the picture now in, 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 in real life. He denies him. A lady at the fire says, Hey, you were with him, you know him, and what did he say? I had nothing to do with that man. He is not my friend. This is a lady he just got through hacking at soldiers. You wonder what's going through him and his guts, and he's thinking, what just came out of my mouth? A little girl by the fire accuses me, and I just told him, I don't know the man. He's not my friend. Keep in mind that he's not my friend. The word friend. We're going to look at that later. I think he thought in his mind there was something somehow of this Messiah that was going to be on this planet, ruling in this nation in his time, and something really disturbed him. And so, therefore, in the situation, he ran, he hid, he wept, he grieved. And what happened that caused that is, remember, Jesus walking by after the denial, Jesus looked at him and caught his eyes. As I understand all of the works of Jesus' eyes were filled with compassion, the word says. He wasn't going ahead and said, See, moron, I told you. See? Kind of like that. Got you. It wasn't that. Peter was crushed. He was crushed. Now, you've got to remember what happened not but a couple hours before this. A couple hours before this, after they had had the Last Supper, they're walking, and they're walking in a vineyard, and he, he stops, and he looks at, he looks at the, the vines, and he says to them, he says, my father's a vine dresser, okay? You are the branch, and I am the vine. No branch will ever bear any fruit or accomplish any purposes unless he's abiding in the vine. You, therefore, will not bear any fruit unless you're abiding in me as a branch bears fruit only by abiding the vine, you will as well. And he goes on and he gets a little bit more specific, a little bit more specific on that evening of what that means. And he said, I am going to leave you, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come. And when I come, I'm going to come and dwell within you to put the God back into man. Now I'm with you, but I will be in you. You should be rejoicing at what's about to happen because you're going to find out you can't live this life without me being in you. So you've got this information with Peter, and I'm sure cloudy like it is most of us. 
And then you go back and let's pass it forward, and here he is. I will never deny you. And then he denies him, and he is weeping. Let's speed forward now. Jesus is crucified, put in the tomb, raises himself from the dead. Remember, death didn't take him. He gave his life up, and he took it. He raised himself up. And now, let's speed up a little bit. He's now going to come. And let's just isolate this and take it down just to the one man, Peter. There was a lot of disciples there that have their own story. Just like you guys all have your own story and I have mine. But he basically comes to Peter. And the first thing he sees with Peter isn't, I told you, I told you. He says, Peter, you love me. Now, let's use the words that we understand. Uh, number one, that word that he used was, do you agape me? That, is, that was never used before that time. It was not used after that time for a while until the canon was wrote. It was only revealed in Scripture. That word didn't exist. Do you love me? Do you agape me? That word, agape is impossible for a human being to do. Impossible. It is a divine, that means only deity can agape. Only deity can love. Mankind could not. It was not there. And you'll see in today, as we're looking at it, you and I can't agape unless we're abiding in the vine. It's only the vine that can produce the agape. What did Peter answer? It wasn't like, you know how I love you. That wasn't it. That's how we've read it. What he was saying is this. Head down. You know I friend you. The word phileo is what he responded. You know I phileo you. I friend you. He says, then if you friend me, Peter... Take care of my sheep. Take care of the people here. Peter, do you agape me? Lord, you know I friend you. Third time. Peter, do you friend me? He said, Lord, you know I friend you. He started revealing something in Peter that Peter had to come to the awareness at that moment in his life in order for him to move forward, and that was Peter could not agape. Peter could not live out his desire of his heart. It was an impossible thing, and Peter was ignorant of his flesh. He did not know his flesh. God revealed his flesh, and we're going to see what happens when your flesh is revealed and you do what you're supposed to do with it, but he didn't know his flesh, and God showed him his flesh, not in a condemning way, but in a freeing way. You and I all have flesh patterns. We all do. We're born with them. We have flesh tendencies, and, and I'll list what some of them are today, but uh, in, in, in my exposing to you, I came out of the womb fighting out of the womb in competition. My flesh pattern, uh, of course, somebody texted me in between services and said, good grief, what a sermon. I have all three of the flesh patterns. 
I said, you know, sometimes I think I do too, but mine bends pretty much towards the boastful pride of life. Duh, some of you that know me. And so what happens? I'm on my way up the hill today. Competition was huge for me growing up. I mean, I was comparing everything from two years old on up because my value and worth was, was, I thought, meant in that. I'll show you where the, what the flesh does. It doesn't go away. I'm on my way up the hill. I'm driving up the hill in my deceased dad's Cadillac, red Cadillac, with a handicap sticker license. And I get passed. My first thing is they passed me. And I said, I'm speeding up. So I start speeding up, and I notice I was just passed by Mary Dusher. Those of you that do not know, she's 99 years old. And she had a handicap sticker on her car. I did not know who it was, but I was going to pass them. I got up to her and saw it was Mary Dusher and absolutely said, got it. I was looking for an example of my flesh patterns for church. I heard Mary Dusher said she was popular after the first service. She said she never had so much attention in her life. And I told Tad, watch her. I was going 58, and she came by me. I couldn't believe it. But it triggered. I was just then praying for the Holy Spirit to empower me for this message. And just like that, somebody passed me out the Holy Spirit. I'm going after the flesh, and nobody's passing me in a handicapped car. What's your flesh pattern? I'll tell you what it is. Ask anybody that knows you. They know it. You ask that girl there, she knows your flesh patterns, I assure you. And some of us, we don't dare ask. Some of us are, it's like we don't even think we have them. I was reminded of the, sorry, if any of you have seen the movie Young Dr. Frankenstein, and young Dr. Frankenstein, uh, their Igor was kind of helping him out. And, and Igor would always walk along. And Igor had this big hunch back. And, and he had this big lump on his back. And he'd go, walk this way. And, uh, and of course, Frankenstein would walk behind him like this. He'd say, no, 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 walk this way. And it's like this. And he looks at me and he taps his lump on his back. And he says, I think I can fix that. And he goes, what? <laughs> the lump on your back. What lump on my back? And I think that's how some of us are with our flesh patterns. You're going to find out yours are pretty easy to spot if you're open to letting somebody see them. And if you can go ahead and find out what they are, which they're there, they're not going away. Uh, first service, Steve and Marsha were here, and I said, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity of spending a lot of time with Steve in these latter days of his cancer and his pain. And I have not seen a whole lot of his flesh lately. And it's not because that's not there. It's just that he's walking in the spirit. And if you walk in the spirit, you won't carry out the desires of the flesh. But the flesh patterns aren't going away. They hang around. 
And Peter needed to know because he did not know his own flesh. He thought he could do this. It wasn't a matter of trying harder. I don't think any of you are going to pass him and trying and meaning better to stop your problem, your flesh pattern, your besetting sin. And I'll bet with all your heart you said, that's it. I'm done with this. Does it go away? Nah. It sneaks up on you when you're tired. So the Bible says, to, Peter writes this later on, a good guy to write, he said, spy it out. Spy out your flesh patterns. Get to know them so that you can know not to walk in them. But it's important that you understand your flesh patterns so that we know what we can do so that they no longer dominate our life and that we can therefore say, I'm not going to be ignorant of them because if you're ignorant of them, they just slip around. They slip in there all the time. The Bible says that you're either going to deny yourself and your flesh or you're going to deny Christ. There is no in-between. I like the way Oswald Chamber defines flesh. He says, flesh, as I describe it, Oswald Chamber says, is my claim to my right to myself to be happy. My claim to myself to my right to be happy. Flesh does not want you thinking about eternal purposes and, and refining and growing in to reflect the holiness of God and the glory of God, which always takes pain, suffering, and hardship to do. And this is where Peter was. Peter did not want to embrace the fact that Jesus was going to be beat, he's going to be tortured, he's going to be killed. It's, it's like this doesn't register because the flesh is saying, no, we're going to be happy. We've got a, a Messiah here. He's a mighty guy and all this type of stuff. But as it was revealed and he found out that, wow, my, I was walking in the flesh. Listen to what he says. Listen to what he says after the Holy Spirit comes upon him, empowers him, and now the presence of God, the presence of agape, now lives within his body. He now surrenders himself to the Holy Spirit to manifest the fruits of the Spirit out of him, and he all starts to do all these mighty things, and he's just healed some people. He's just spoken a message that 3,000 were saved, and it says, uh, Men of Israel, listen to the words I'm about to tell you. Because they were basically saying, wow, we're amazed at you. You are unbelievable. You are what he says, listen to me. The words that I'm saying, this Jesus the Nazarene, the miracles, the wonders, the signs that you are seeing performed in your midst right before you, the man you nailed to the cross, this king, this one that holds all the power, he did that, not me. Interesting, isn't it? He got a picture, and he's given us a picture of how you and I can live out this Christian life by becoming aware of his flesh. He became aware of his flesh and knew that I can't live this Christian life. Only Christ in me can live this Christian life. Therefore, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but not I that live, but the life of Christ that now lives in me. And if I go ahead and embrace that and acknowledge my flesh patterns and keep an eye on my flesh patterns, 
I can therefore fulfill the purposes of what I was designed to be, letting God in man reflect himself out, and actually I can agape. I can carry forth and be the instrument that agapes because it's only a supernatural. Does that make sense to you? So hold on. said, uh, you may not need Kleenexes like Steve's talk, but you may need them because your flesh might be revealed here in a minute. What is your flesh? Bible alludes this. He says, love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. For the love of the world, it's odd. It, all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the boastful pride of life. And underneath each of those categories are the deeds of the flesh exercised. The, the lust of the flesh, sensuality, immorality, pornography, anything that has to do with uh, drunkenness, with uh, drug addiction, anything that the flesh finds itself attracted to are the lusts of the flesh. And people, that isn't you as a new creation. That's just your flesh patterns. Believe me, I watched my grandchildren come out of the womb, and within a year to two years, I see their flesh patterns. It's, it's, it's just in the way they behave. They're there. The lust of the eye. That's the riches and, and where greed and where strife, not strife, but greed comes in. And it says when greed comes in, so does a jealousy and, and, and envy and idolatry because I want this. I want this thing, and this new thing will make me happy. And if I can get this new car or I can get these new clothes and I'll look like this, and they're wanting, wanting, wanting. And the eye just doesn't seem to be satisfied. It wants more, it wants more, and that's the lust of the eye. You have the boastful pride of life. It's where strife, disputes, and, and, and people, uh, they over-talk all the time. They're giving their opinion all the time because they're basically, they're needing to measure up. They're needing to somehow be accepted by what they know. And you have a lot of people with education, and they want to show their education and what they have, and they use big words, and they use maybe, maybe they'll talk to you, and I could be up here just talking in Greek. Why would I talk in Greek to you? There'd be only reason to talk to you in Greek, wouldn't there? Impress you give you all the, the scriptures that I know so that you can say, hey, this guy's something. Why not speak the language you speak? But if I have the boastful pride of life, I am living and moving towards that, I can't help but compare myself. It's painful when it's brought to the surface. I remember when God began to reveal over and over and over all these things that, that I had with the boastful pride of life, which I thought I had gotten rid of because I thought you could actually get rid of it. It was embarrassing. And I remember one day, it wasn't long ago, gee, it was about a couple years ago, and I had just preached here. And I remember I left here so wiped out and convicted. And I said, why didn't you tell me this before? And I'm sure if I would have been listening, he would have said, most of your friends and your wife have. I said, how in the world do I have a wife and a friend? If should look what I look like. And that's when I walk after the flesh. I mean, it was just unbelievable. I mean, to know right now after 48 years of being a believer coming up here and I'm still comparing myself with a 99-year-old woman driving a car. <laughs> Competition. What do you do? You do what Peter did. 
you repent. You identify it and you repent. So I'm going to give you four things that I encourage you to do. And by the way, uh, it was reminded me the first service, which I intended to do. Uh, some of them, a uh, couple people said, that left me pretty despairing. I want you to know that with God, everything is impossible. I mean, everything is possible. <laughs> no wonder they came up and asked me about that at the end of the service, okay? You heretic. Empowered by Christ, living in me as my life, abiding in the vine, we can have victory and conquer this. And, just so you don't misunderstand, that doesn't mean you won't fall to the flesh several times for the rest of your life. But you will do what Peter did when he fell, which you saw he fall even afterwards. You will find it. You'll say, wow, just like I did on the way up here when I, I laughed and then I said, God, it is just amazing. It just doesn't go away, does it? And so therefore, I acknowledge that was my flesh pattern. That is not who I am. You made me a new creation. And I like the fact that a 99-year-old can drive like that. This is awesome. And I realize I have to be empowered by you. You can repent, you can turn from it, and then you walk in victory. And God seems to take delight in those people that know their flesh when they fall, repent, and therefore they come to God. And God says, I like that person. He never in the Bible talks about the person that gets it all right. Because you know what he says? Not one understands, not one. I looked down from the heavens and there wasn't one that walked right. The one that thinks he's walked right, let him go be well. So let's see what we do as we look at this. Number one, I would say this. Your flesh patterns will block your hearing the voice of God. If you're not paying attention to your flesh, you're not going to be able to hear the voice of God. Sometimes people say, what's God saying to me? Well, watch what your flesh patterns are. Number one is know them. Know your flesh patterns. How do you know them? I already told you. Be bold enough to ask people that you know. Be bold enough to ask what you know, who you know. Ask your wife, what do you see as my flesh patterns? She's not criticizing you as a person. You're born with this flesh. The flesh, when you die, is going to be destroyed. It's not a part of who you are. Even the Apostle Paul says, I find that when I do these things that are not right and the things that I'm really not wanting to do, I find it's not me, but it's the flesh patterns, the sin that's in me that's doing them. You're okay. That's your flesh patterns, but get to know them. Because if you get to know them, you can be wise. It says the next thing in there, it says, the wise man plans. He's smart. He plans ahead of what he sees because what he knows. The fool, it says, the simple man, he just walks simply through the door, not even paying attention to it. If you're a person that's prone towards alcoholism or drunkenness, then you need to be aware. I have a tendency that I can't seem to be able to, to, to be in social groups where we drink like this. I know people that says, I can't have one drink. It just absolutely lights something on fire. Then they ought to be knowing their flesh pattern is the lust of the flesh, and they ought to know that, you know what? I can't do this. I can't go ahead and dabble in this because my flesh takes over. Or let's say you're one that says, God has allowed me to have a, a glass of wine. And so you're going over to somebody's house. Then I would suggest the wise plans ahead, and I would say bring one bottle of wine. Don't bring five thinking you'll drink one glass. 
whatever your flash or your flesh pattern, be wise, it says, know it so that the wise men can plan ahead and go ahead and see what it is and plan accordingly. You're a person that has the lust of the eye. And so therefore, the lust of the eye, you're going into your favorite store, whatever that might be. And you just think, I go in there and I come out with bags of stuff. Why not leave your credit card at home? It's okay to look and whatever like that. To be wise. If you don't know your flesh, you're never going to be able to plan. Third thing, acknowledge continually, keep on continuing, that's what the Word says, being filled with the Holy Spirit. On a regular basis of a regular day, I couldn't list the amount of times that I become aware of, of just being filled with the Holy Spirit. I've got to be filled me with the Holy Spirit. I've got to be empowered. You're not getting a new Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's there. I'm just being empowered. I want to be empowered. Up here when I'm talking, and, and you'll notice I talked to Steve and Pat when they were up here, we, we seldom ever talk up here without me during the time that my mouth is still moving inside, I'm saying, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Uh-oh, that went bad. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I cannot do this on my own. Empower me and fill me. The Bible says, he that's filled with the Spirit will not carry out the desires of the flesh. If you're prone towards anger and outbursts, then you basically can go ahead and say, God, I have a tent. My flesh pattern does that, but you gave me a spirit of patience. You gave, you poured in me a spirit of kindness. Holy Spirit, fill me with that so that I might be embracing that because I can live out this being kind because that's who I am as a new creation. So I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Abide. Stay put. Holy Spirit, I need to stay connected to you because I have a tendency to do these things. Four. Listen now to the voice of God after you've done this. And listening to the voice of God, I want, you, I want to suggest something to you. Listen for his questions. Most of the time, God speaks in questions. Read the Gospels. Jesus talked always in questions. And the reason why that I believe he did that most of the time, he doesn't always do that, but most of the time is I can sit here and talk like this to Donovan all the time, and Donovan can maybe glimmer some information, but we had no relationship until I ask him a question. Once I ask him a question, we now engage a relationship. Does that make sense? God is a God about relationships. You start asking questions, and it's amazing what you do in relationships. Ask, listen to the Holy Spirit. He's going to ask you questions. And when you engage, you have a relationship. So listen to God, listen to the Holy Spirit, and listen for questions. Last thing. Once you hear that, you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Now, it's not just you friend me, you can agape with me and for me is he's going to ask questions, and you're going to find that it's going to have something to do with you loving somebody that you're with. And if you fulfill that, it says you will no longer be carrying out the deeds of the flesh. Would you pray with me? Father, you're fabulous. I marvel at your genius of leaving us your written word, that if we will just hide it in our hearts, that it will empower us, but it will always cause a relationship with you. You're really about us, not about what we do for you and about our relationship. 
I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would work in the hearts and the lives of everybody here and that we would uh, not hide the flesh, but just know what it is and let your Holy Spirit fill us so that we might no longer carry out the deeds of the flesh. Amen. Would you guys stand with me? We're going to sing that uh, second song that we sang today. Give us clean hand. It says, We bow our hearts. We bend our knees. Oh, Spirit, come make us humble. We turn our eyes from evil things. Oh, Lord, we cast down our idols. So give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Amen. That's our prayer today. You guys have a blessed week.